Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So, are you all caught up on the Clone Wars? Yes, I am all caught up on the Clone Wars. You're all caught up. So, uh, so far, how are you feeling? Um, we're through, we're through two arcs now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hate to be negative about the Clone Wars just because I love it so much. And that was like... Yeah, but you're always negative. I'm not. I'm just, you know, I like to be fairly critical of things, you know, because I don't love everything. But I, so far it hasn't wowed me, but I definitely liked the, the like, clone arc more mm-hmm. more than the um, Ahsoka walkabout arc. So I've heard that from a, not like putting you in a box okay but i've heard that from a lot of boys i knew you're gonna say that but i have like you've said that uh michael morris has said something similar richard Wolaski, you know okay so like people i trust for their opinions they've all said the same thing whereas the girls i've talked to have really enjoyed it and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like as girls, you get really used to a story arc involving a girl also involves a boy in some kind of romantic interest. And in this one, it wasn't that. It was something completely different. And we've all really liked that. So I really liked it. Also, as someone who has seen this week's episode, there are things that take place in this with Ahsoka as far as her character that I think are really going to play into what we're going to see coming for the next four weeks. so Yeah, I can definitely see that. And as it got to the end of the arc, um, without spoiling anything, I guess, or I don't know, I guess we could spoil it as long as you warn people, but there were things that happened toward the end of the arc where I was like, okay, I can see where they're introducing elements that are going to lead into what's going to happen in the Siege of Mandalore. Well, but. and I just kind of mean in the, like in Ahsoka's, frame of mind and the way she's thinking about things and how she develops into fulcrum and all of that like i kind of understand it now because of some of the stuff that happens here and then that ties in with the ahsoka novelization and i'm sort of starting to pick up on all those pieces you know right and so it's it's really starting to make a lot of sense to me now and i'm like okay all right cool cool yeah yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, it's probably fair to put me into a box when it comes to certain types of entertainment because <laughs> there probably is there probably are things because of who I am and what I am and that I prefer and I think this story this type of storyline is not something that if you're only gonna give me, you know, twelve episodes, I don't necessarily need four of them to be this. Mm-hmm. I guess. There wasn't enough lightsabers in it for you. Right, I need more action and guns and stuff. Stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so this is our first episode officially where we have been in our quarantined life. I mean, the episode we did before this, it was right at the beginning of all that, but it was kind of before it got really intense and crazy. So this is our 
quarantine bookworms episode. Yeah, uh, this is could be the if, first of many. It's like this is uh, the we, mental check-in. Like, how are we doing mentally? Mental check-in. How are we doing? So, have you been doing anything Star Warsy related to kind of like center yourself, or, or even not Star Wars? What What have you been doing? So, unfortunately, my life has gotten much busier uh, because of the quarantine. Um, luckily, I'm still able to work, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. And because I'm still able to work, and my work has actually gotten busier, but then also my kids are home because they can't go to the school, so I'm kind of being like a homeschool teacher. And so it's just my life has gotten so busy where I can't even find time to do the things that I typically would be doing to be fun. And so I've had to just force myself you know, to set aside like an hour. So I've done some Lego. No surprise there, probably. I built some Harry Potter Lego. And um, I actually got Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I had bought it way back when it first came out, but never really played it much. So I broke that back out and uh, started playing through that campaign. So that's been pretty fun. So that's, I guess that's a Star Wars thing that I've been doing. Yeah, but that's not it. You've been doing puzzles. I have. I have done a couple puzzles, which is not... I mean, I like puzzles, but it's been a really long time since I've done puzzles. So I've found that that's kind of a cool way to do something, have like a movie on in the background. I've, I've had some of like the Marvel movies on in the background while I build puzzles. So so here's my question. Are your puzzles actually cool puzzles or are they lame puzzles? I don't know. Probably not cool to you. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I haven't been that picky, honestly, and be- probably because of the quarantine there wasn't a lot of like options when I went to buy puzzles because I think a lot of people are probably buying puzzles right now. So some of the stuff that maybe you would consider quote unquote cool was sold out. So I just kind of had to go with what I could get. But um, I think you posted a picture of like some scenic view with like people or something. And I was like, that's boring. Yeah. The, the last one I did, <laughs> Is yeah, it's it's basically like a little town street with a couple walking with an umbrella, and then there's boats on the side because they're next to the water. So it's like yeah, it's very much like this idyllic, uh, almost painting looking thing. So yeah, kind of cheesy. But yeah. I also did one that was a U.S. map with a bunch of like pictures of different things from each state. Oh well, that's kind of cool. Uh, okay, so for me, I have been kind of rewatching the Marvel movies. And I'm on Captain America Winter Soldier, which I've only seen like once. So, and I have determined that I am most definitely an Iron Man girl. Your team Iron Man? I think I just like more of an Iron Man kind of guy, but also I feel like I'm Pepper. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, yep, yep, that's me. After rewatching the Iron Man's, my quarantine is not like yours. Mine is me waking up, taking a nap, waking up, taking a nap, hanging out with cats. Uh, I technically I'm working from home, but my job is a little bit different because I'm in education, but I don't teach any classes. I work with sports. There are no sports. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's weird. Well, we had some crossover in that we both watched Marvel movies, so. Yes, we did. There's that. Mm -hmm. I started working on my BB-8 Lego set. 
Oh, nice. That's a great I've done, set. I've done one part of it. Uh, the Technic scares me, so I only do a little at a time because I'm like, if I mess this up, I have to take it all apart. I don't want to do that. So it's like, it's going to be a very slow process. Yeah, if I remember correctly, that one actually is easy to make mistakes on. Uh, there's great. a lot of redoing similar things, but not exact because every panel like around BB-8 is a little bit different. And but I, I do remember building that one and being very impressed in the architecture of it. Cool, something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we did have something about the Clone Wars uh, anthology book that's coming, and it is coming. I don't remember the date of its release. So it's coming up, and it is called Star Wars: The Clone Wars Stories of Light and Dark. This is a new anthology. Oh, look, the date's right here. Coming August 25th. And it's got 11 stories from 11 different authors. It has 10 retellings of memorable episodes and arcs. And then there's going to be one original Night Sisters-based story. And in addition, Stories of Light and Dark will also feature beautiful watercolor renditions of Clone Wars characters. And I don't know how to say her real name, but she's Lorna Ka on Twitter and Instagram. She does amazing Clone Wars art. And so that's going to be cool. But some of the names that are like big call-outs are Zoraida Cordova, Jason Fry, Rebecca Roanhorse, Tom Engelberger. Now, this one is the big one to me. Anne Convery is Dave Filoni's wife. And she is doing a story in this book, which is like, cool! <laughs> Yeah, this book looks pretty cool. I like the artwork. Um, they they revealed the cover art here on StarWars.com, and it, it's it's got mm -hmm. that that watercolor look to it. And so I guess there's also going to be interior art as well. It sounds like I think so. Is that's what it sounds like? Yeah, that's cool. And I, I mean, these are a lot of these authors are you know some of our favorites. The one thing I am a little disappointed about is its retellings of like it says ten retellings of memorable episodes. So I would have I was kind of hoping that these were going to be new stories, like original stories about the Clone Wars. But um, it is cool that we're getting at least one new original story with uh, the, about the Night Sisters. Well, I do know because Zoraida said in one of her lives on Instagram, she is writing an Asajj Ventress story. So that could be the original story is the one that she's doing. I don't know that for sure, but I know she is writing a Ventress story. Oh, okay. Hmm. So. Yeah, and yeah, there's so, so that, many stories, you know, I know we were talking about Clone Wars and, you know, we're watching the different story arcs and then we got, you know, some of the, you know, Dark Disciple was supposed to be episodes and uh, Son of Dathomir uh, and then we've seen some of the, the ones that didn't make it past, like, kind of the early stages of animation. But, um it's this this era is like one of my favorites when it comes to storytelling and i feel like there's still so many of these stories either they were planning to be episodes or not that still have yet to be told that's why i'm kind of like oh man they could have done 10 stories to kind of give us to fill in some of those gaps um, yes but aaron it is time for the clone wars to end and for us to move on yeah but when it that's what that's the beauty of books and comics is I know, though... but I'm ready to move on to the High Republic. Yeah, that's true. High, Re High Republic is coming, so. I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, 
We are actually going to be reviewing Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Ronahorse. That is a lot of R's. It is. Reviewing Resistance Reborn Rebecca Ronahorse. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> so I will let you read the publisher summary if you would like to. All right. So this one, this was released on November 5th, 2019, and this is from Delray Books. And the publisher's summary is, The Resistance is in ruins. In the wake of their harrowing escape from Crate, what was once an army has been reduced to a handful of wounded heroes. Finn, Poe, Ray, Rose, Chewbacca, Leia Organa. Their names are famous among the op- oppressed worlds they fight to liberate. But names can only get you so far, and Leia's last desperate call for aid has gone unanswered. From the jungles of Ryloth to the shipyards of Corellia, the shadow of the First Order looms large, and those with the bravery to face the darkness are scattered and isolated. If hope is to survive, the Resistance must journey throughout the galaxy, seeking out more leaders, including those who, in days gone by, helped a nascent rebellion topple an empire. Battles will be fought, alliances will be forged, and the Resistance will be reborn. Spoilers. <laughs> really <laughs> it just told us the ending <laughs> well yeah but we already know the resistance is being reborn <laughs> well this book Uh-oh. came out um in november so we're you know we're a bit late on reviewing it probably compared to others but so we we i well i guess you probably read this a long time ago didn't i you? read this a long time ago i read it uh gosh when did i read this on i got it so you know, we were lucky enough to make those connections with our audiobook pals. So you probably read, read this it. back as far as maybe September or October. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I know I listened to a little bit of it back when I first got it and then, you know, just got busy with other things. And sometimes I don't like to read something too early before we review it because I'm not one to reread a book. Mm-hmm. So oh, I... as it gets closer to when we actually review it, I've already forgotten a lot that I've read. So it's better for me to wait until like right before we review it. Yeah. So I, I read, read this book over the, like October. the last four or five days. Yeah. The... I read it in October. Yeah. So for pretty much the first time, I would say, um, I read this over the past few days. So it's pretty fresh in my memory. So we probably had different experiences because you're reading this before rise of Re- or before rise of Skywalker came out. Right, and, and I was like so after. excited and pumped. I was like, "This is great! This is cool! This is showing how all this stuff goes together." And it's like it goes with like Black Spire, and I'm just yeah, woo! Like that was where I was at. Right, I was on that level. <laughs> you were on the excitement for the movie, and I'm I read it kind of well after the movie has come out, um, but I don't think it ru- I don't think it changed. It maybe changed the way I would have experienced it, but I don't think it was a negative experience for me to read it after the movie and I think maybe for me it might have actually helped because now I didn't have to have any of the anticipation for the movie it was just like okay I already know what happens in the movie let me see how this stuff ties in which really honestly it doesn't really tie in that much at all no not really it ties in a little more with the last Jedi because Mm -hmm. it's basically taking place right after the last Jedi right so. Correct him and And you did, so you said, you were saying you did audiobook. Uh, how was the audiobook? Correct. 
It was good. It was Mark Thompson, so of course it was good. Uh, he did a really good job. I enjoyed the story a lot, and it was, I don't know, like, I would say it was your regular run-of-the-mill Star Wars audiobook, you know? There wasn't anything spectacular about it. There wasn't anything really bad, like some crazy weird voice or anything. It was good, great production quality, a good, solid audiobook listen. I know some of the, uh, a couple of the the male audiobook uh, people don't do great with Ray and Rose. But uh, I don't know if that stuck he, out to you at all, but. I think he did. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. There's not a lot of Ray and Rose in here. Right. That's what I was going to say. Probably from an audiobook perspective, it probably maybe was better that they weren't in it as much. Yeah. I mean, they, there wasn't that much of either character. So, you know, there are other female characters, but I feel like it was done well. Yeah. So, but again, I mean, not, not a standout, but not bad by any means. I think if I remember, because I did listen to just a little bit of it in the audiobook format, I think I might have listened to the first chapter. And if I remember correctly, I think he really does an awesome Poe Dameron. Oh, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. He sounds just like him. He's great. But yeah, I guess, well, you brought it up as far as Ray and Rose not being in it that much. Um, did that surprise you at all? I didn't expect them. No, because, okay. I mean, I expected this to be about Poe and about him going to help, you know, build up the resistance and things that were going on there. Like. Yeah, but Ray's there. Like, Rose I didn't. Yeah, but also not because he's he you know there's a lot of stuff going on in Corellia and on some other stuff on some other planets and then he's off with his squadron, you know. So like a lot of it is about Poe and being with his squad. Right, um, and I I think they purposely didn't use some of the bigger characters, uh, maybe because they didn't know you know how they were going to be used in the movie. And they want to just be careful with them. Uh, I mean, obviously, Poe is a major focus in both this book and the movie. But other than him, the other kind of key players in the movies had much smaller roles. Yeah, um, but this was this was really supposed to be, like, I feel like it was a Poe book. I mean, it talks about all the, like, he has to go through this whole character building thing of, like, how much wrong he did during the last jedi and how he got so many people killed and like all this stuff and he has to admit that to his squad and he has to deal with that and he has to find his leadership within himself and how he's going to build on what he started on crate you know so this is really like a poe book oh yeah it definitely is a poe book um i think i was just talking more i was thinking more about the Maybe if you came into this book not knowing, you know, if you didn't, because if you just read the, like I just read the publisher summary, it doesn't say Poe Dameron has to, you know, fight the demons of his failures, or, you know, it doesn't focus on Poe in the publisher summary. So you do get the sense pretty quickly that it's a Poe book, but on, in the advertising for it, you wouldn't have necessarily picked that up. Well, if I'm looking at the cover of well, it, the cover does. <laughs> Poe, Poe, there's a giant picture of Poe. I'm like, well, that's a Poe book. Yeah, he's absolutely front and center in that in that cover. You cannot deny that. 
Um, <laughs> I I was just I actually I came, I came into the book expecting it to be Poe heavy, and that didn't surprise me. I was a little surprised uh, that there wasn't a little bit more of of Rose and Ray, but and we got we got more of Finn. Like Finn got to go on one of the missions at least. Mm-hmm. And so he was not as much of a focus throughout, but he did get to go on that one mission. So, and I actually like to see the camaraderie between Poe and Finn. I really like that dynamic and we don't get a ton yeah. of it, you know, like in, in, well, we do, I, I, I'll i take that back. We do get it in the movies for sure. And I love watching the force awakens and when they're escaping, you know, together in the tie fighter and all of that. That's some of my favorite parts of these movies. So to see the scenes with them in this book and kind of how close friends they are, that was that was really cool. No, I agree. And I just wish there was more of it in the movies. Yeah, I think, I guess The um, the Last Jedi is the one where you don't get that at all because they're separated pretty much the whole movie. But the other two movies, they have a decent amount of screen time together. I want to go into some of these tie-ins to other stories because these were the things I noticed the most. Okay. Okay. So the first one I want to talk about is Ransom Casterfo. <laughs> Cause I hear his name and I'm like, wait, that's the dude from bloodline. Right. And I was, I'm starting to get all of these boys confused when it comes to Padme and Leia because in the Padme books, there's that one, the one like senator guy that pops up several times in different places, you know, that has like a crush on Padme. And then you have this ransom guy who has like a crush on Leia. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and they all like start with R's, I think, or something. And I'm like, why? So, yeah, but I heard the name Ransom Casterfo and I was like, oh, we know him. Yeah. Yeah, he was like a fan favorite from Bloodline, mm-hmm. and and I and he was that character that kind of there was this mystery as to kind of what his final fate was, and you know right. he had gotten you know captured and became a prisoner, but we never really got confirmation if he was still alive or if he was executed. So, and I really liked him in Bloodline as well, so it was really cool yeah. to see his name pop up, and that was actually a surprise for me. I hadn't heard that, you know, even though I read it so late, I hadn't heard that he showed up in the book. So that was kind of a cool surprise. Yeah, and so jumping off that with Bloodline, we get the character Yendor, who is from... He's a Twi'lek, right? He's on Ryloth. Yeah. And he's in Lost Stars and Aftermath. And I recognize the name, and I I have since I read the book, but I, I haven't been able to connect it with Lost Stars. Who is he in Lost Stars? So he's he's a pilot. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of the same as you. Like I recognized the name when I read it and you knew there was significance. You're like, okay, this guy's shown up somewhere else based on the way that they were kind of acting with the character. And so I kind of remembered him being in bloodline, but I didn't remember him further than that. And so I had to look it up and I saw that he was also in, in lost stars and, and I guess he shows up in aftermath too. So I honestly, I, I can't say that I remember him very much from those books but I know he was a pilot, so, and I know the Lost Stars. Lost Stars did a comic where they did like the 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 manga comic, mm-hmm. and so there is actual art of him um, from Lost Stars that you can find online. Okay, 
but yeah so he was so he flew as a member of corona squadron, corona squadron. yep under the call sign corona 2 and after thane admitted that he had met sienna Ree, trying to remember um on the planet jellycan hey <laughs> yendor joined his comrades in expressing their dismay oh okay yep i'm there i got it <laughs> it, it is to agree but like i remember that and i'm like hey i should look this up one day that is today that is today I on the podcast it up and, now, and now i know uh so yes Yendor, and then we have some tie-ins to the Aftermath trilogy. Yendor is there, but also Nora Wexley. Right. She, so she shows up a lot in this book, which and I really like that they brought her back. I I know that the yeah. Aftermath trilogy is kind of love or hate. I know a lot of people don't like it at all. Some people do. I actually liked it pretty well, um, and so I and I, I actually really but... like the character of Nora. So. I do like the character of Nora. I do not like the Aftermath trilogy, but I do like that Nora and Wedge are together. So that makes me happy. And then we get we get Wedge and Tilly's, which is amazing. And they're like on this farm. It's just like, it's so cute. It's so cute. And his appearance in this book was kind of a, you know, the cameo that he's in Rise of Skywalker um, was kind of teased with him showing up in this book and kind of seeing that, you know, that artwork of him, the way he looks now and the way he looked in, um, in rise of Skywalker. So that was kind of the first hint that we got that he may show up. I wish there, I know that he does make a cameo in rise of Skywalker. It's so fast. I wish it was a little Mm -hmm. bit longer. I wish there was maybe a little bit more dialogue. It would have been cool if him and snap had a scene together, but, um, yeah, I like that he, I like that he showed up in this book. He was one of kind of my favorite parts of this. Yes, and then we got some tie-ins to the Podamron comics, like Jess, Pava, Suralinda, Karakun, like so many cool people. This is one of this is one of the things about this book that a lot of people really enjoyed and commented on was how much they did this kind of tying into other things. And, you know, so if you've read the you've read the Poe Dameron comics if you've read these other novels you know if you've played Battlefront you get a you know a little bit more excitement about this book and a little bit more um you know you can buy into it a little bit more because you know these characters from from other places yeah like Ryan Parker from our Facebook group he said that I really appreciated how much they looped in characters and events from other canon books and even video games it made the non-film canon verse feel more connected i get where he's saying non-film canon like not in the films but tech all this stuff is canon so they are canon characters but i think he's just meaning like not in the films but he did have a he he also had a comment similar to what you were talking about in the movies he said the biggest disappointment was that the film the the film made absolutely zero reference to anything that happened in it he says, I mean, come on, 30 seconds of Nora Wedge snapped together would have gone a long way. And he had a couple of people that agreed with him there. And so, yeah, I mean, there was some missed opportunity. But when you're dealing with a movie, too, I mean, you only have so much time. Yeah. And, and unfortunately. To... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. 
unfortunately you end up in that in that situation and that's why i've always felt like books are better than movies because there's so much more uh this is the right word there's so much more like acreage i guess is what i'm trying to say in space for you to add things and put things in where you can't in a movie because you have a certain amount of time which kind of sucks right and i mean the the amount of time that ahead of they probably wrote the script for Rise of Skywalker before Resistance Reborn was even considered. You know what I'm saying? So they're not necessarily going to tie in, try to purposely tie in. Now they can do little things after the fact, maybe throw something into a movie to make it tie in. But I don't know that that would be a priority for J.J. Abrams as they're making this movie. Where um, I never would expect someone like a Nora Wexley to show up in a Star Wars film. And there's not even a lot of precedence for that. Like, if you look back at all the Star Wars films, other than maybe Solo, which kind of got deep into the canon because of, I think, who was writing it. But beyond that movie, there's really not a lot of examples of, like, a book character jumping into into a film. Exactly. So I never expect it. <laughs> I think well, Aura Singh was like, or not Aura Singh, but... um. Uh, Ayla Sakura was one that was like I was shocked as a big comic fan back in the day the Dark Horse comics and when she showed up in in Attack of the Clones I was like what <laughs> well that happened with uh, Aura Singh too in Phantom Menace yeah but Aura Singh was in the movie first and then they made comics about her oh okay so it typically doesn't go the other way around so Jonathan Cohen from our group said some similar stuff he said i think this may be the best example of connecting the different books and the canon together you can tell that rebecca runhorse is not only a canon fan but specifically a claudia gray fan with all her references to bloodline and lost stars as well as references to other canon projects like aftermath and battlefront 2 we're going to talk about battlefront 2 in just a minute while the plot was a little weak, I thought Roanhorse did great character work with all the characters, particularly Poe Dameron and Leia. So uh, I agree with all of that. And going to Battlefront 2, we have these two characters from there. Now, I recognize their names, but I could not remember for the life of me where they came from. And so Shriv and Zay, and I was like, I know these people, I know these people. And then, you know, it's, I was like, oh, right. Yeah, they're very popular. Uh, characters and they did show up in in the battlefront game and so she's the girl is is the daughter of um Iden versio yeah so zay is the daughter of Iden versio and so it's like it's weird i've heard their names so they're in my brain but i don't necessarily know like their connection so when i saw this and or heard it i guess i was like she had a kid? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, so if you've read Inferno Squad... Which I have. Right, I know you have. But the char So she actually ends up with one of the other characters in Inferno Squad. They actually right. have a kid together. Point is, I know I know these characters. I just don't always know where I know them from. Right, yeah. That's so, the point. <laughs> I did play the video game... And so Shriv is a very popular character in, in the video game. Like, he's really funny, and, like, he's one of those characters that you would really want to see him show up in a novel. So I was really happy that he, not only does he show up, it's not even just, like, a little cameo. He's he's a kind of a main player in this, and I really, I thought that was really cool. A cool shout-out to people that maybe, 
you know, have played, you know, that do both read books and play the video games. So she is it she ends up with Del? Del Miko? Right. Yeah. It's a it's a really cool story. That's the thing. I really like um I'm not a huge gamer, but these games that have like a storyline, I like to at least play through so I can get the story. And that was one I really I really liked because, you know, it kind of starts out with Aiden, you know, as a bad guy and then she, you know, changes to the rebellion and so you get to see that progression of that character and then yeah, she ends up with one of one of our squad members. I am not a big gamer either, unless it's Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> completely different um, kind of game. Completely different. So, overall, hold on. Before I go into overall your opinion, why are you asking about his hair? No, I say, so in the notes, the reason why she's saying this, to pull the curtain back a little bit, is because in the notes I put, Poe was the star and his hair. Because his hair was a star. There were so many comments about his hair in this book. That's true. Like they talk about, they made a point, when I say they, Rebecca Roanhorse made a point to highlight his hair multiple times. And I, so I remember sitting in a panel, I'm trying to remember if it was at New York Comic Con or if it was at Celebration, but I remember sitting in a panel that she was talking about this book coming and she talked about Poe a lot and kind of his attributes and whatnot. So... It doesn't surprise me, but I just remember so many times it's like how she would describe his hair, him running his fingers through his hair. There was a lot of a lot of commentary on Poe's hair. So his hair was a character. Well, Oscar Isaac does have some gorgeous hair. I, I can't deny that. Um, but I think his hair got more page time than Rose did. Well, sometimes that's how it is. <laughs> so, but I, yeah. Um <laughs> I like that they went to Ryloth. That's kind of cool. Just be Ryloth yeah, is one of those cool. planets that, you know, you just recognize it right away. There's, you know, that's obviously where like Hera's from, and and you there was actually a mention of Hera, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was some really neat like tie-ins there, and so overall, how did you feel about the book? Before I give my overall thoughts, Ugh, can we just talk? What? I know I'm just just two more minutes. Um, can we just give? A little bit of attention to the one character, to the bad guy character, um, Winsher Brat. Stupid Winsher Brat. I hate him. It he's was such so... an interesting. He's a, he's a brat. Yeah, it was a yeah, um, interesting name. Yeah, Winsher Brat. He's uh, annoying. He is so unearthly annoying. He's judgmental. He's rude. He beats up people like he it was an interesting character choice to portray because you know usually you get that you know you can get the thrawn type or you can get a number of other types of imperials but you don't typically get this type this guy you know who's kind of like trying to trying to make his way up in there and you're really getting into his head you know all the scenes with him you're really getting into his head about how he's in some ways he's overconfident, but then he's also like compensating because he's not confident at all. And in the fact that the, the way they introduce this character, I'm like, okay, what's the end game for this guy? You know, what, what part is he going to play? Why is he so important? And, and then, yeah, he, he does these crazy things where suddenly he beats that, that one girl up 
and you're like, like almost kills her yeah and you're like oh wow this guy's gotta go like that's that's unforgivable right um and then he goes walking with the other officer and they're on a bridge and then he snaps and throws the guy off the bridge i'm like this guy is like he's such a bizarre he's, character he's a serial killer <laughs> like he's a psychopath like if you pay any attention to any true crime this is the exact like profile of a psycho sociopathic just bad person right yeah i i agree like he's he's bad juju right and so when he he's not evil he's bad he is a bad 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 person (laughs) sorry in case the point wasn't clearly made but when they so i was thinking they were setting him up for something more or like maybe even have him you know kind of rise to something and and then be a villain later on. But then he just kind of dies unceremoniously and you get to see kind of his death scene and from his perspective and and uh, how like Ransom Castorfo like kind of nudges him with his foot as he's died. And you're just like, wow, this it was just kind of a bizarre character for me. And I never, even to this day, I don't really understand kind of what they were trying to do with that guy. I don't know. I mean, he's like, I personally feel like Rebecca knows somebody in her life that has been that person and (laughs) she she turned him into a book character and then had him murdered. And I'm like, good for you. Because if you knew somebody that was really like this, yeah, he better die. Yeah. And he died in a pretty pretty... terrible person. (laughs) Yeah. So I didn't want to end the, I didn't want to kind of go with our final thoughts without at least mentioning that because it, it did really stand out to me. Um, as a character. Yeah, but also I don't want to give him any attention because when yeah. you give those people attention, they just get worse. He's fictional. He's not real. But we can give him attention. You know what? There's some people who may read about him and they're like, oh, yeah, I like this guy. And then they decide <laughs> to be like this guy and then they're terrible. Well, they definitely didn't write him, you know, unlike somebody like a Thrawn who's clearly a bad guy, but then they still write him to make him really cool. Um, this was a bad guy that had no cool elements to him at all so i don't think anyone's going to emulate him god he's gross there's not going to be a winsher brat fan club Ugh. i hope not <laughs> so but overall thoughts is that what we're getting to yeah so overall i loved this book also it drove me nuts that it took you forever to read it because i was on such an excitement train with this thing when I read it initially and I was like, read it, read it, read it, read it. And then you wouldn't read it. And then I was like, Ugh. <laughs> but it was, I love this book. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, I want to bring up um, something that Amanda Reynolds said, because she kind of echoes this. She said, I really love this book. It did, did a great job of uniting tons of canon and the extended canon up to, up to that point into one big payoff it was a great lead up to rise of skywalker something rise of skywalker itself should have done but didn't and i agree i think it was just fantastic and if you read it like i did leading up to rise of skywalker i think it like really like gave me some excitement i didn't read it up to rise of skywalker so i didn't have that same experience but um i really liked the book overall i think when i read a book in a very short period of time which isn't typical for me. I kind of read a little bit as I have time and then I read a little bit more and it can take me quite a while to get through a book. But in this, you know, I had to have it done before we talked about it tonight. So I had to read it fast. 
And because of that, I really liked how the story flowed. I liked how they had these, you know, different missions that people were going out on. And then you got just enough of the main characters. You know, I even Leia's role in the book, I really liked how they portrayed her. And it was kind of cool to see Leia in a, you know, in something like this after The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. um, you know, and get to see that character get a little bit more, you know, not screen time, quote unquote, but a little bit more time uh, because, you know, obviously what happened with Carrie Fisher. So I really liked seeing her. And yeah, I, I thought it was fun. I mean, it wasn't groundbreaking. They didn't tell any kind of story that was necessary. You don't have to read this book to understand the movies. But um, I really liked all the tie-ins, and I think that's something I'd love to see more of in more books and comics and stuff in these intentional tie-ins and have characters kind of, you know, cross over. So, yeah, I, I would say this has been one of my favorites in a while. That's a pork. <laughs> that's a pork. My pork is agreeing with you. But that's too. And now it won't. Now it won't stop. <laughs> that's too really like we just did Black Spire last, and I really like that book too. So we're on a bit of a streak for me. Woohoo! Streak. But Queen's Peril is next, so we'll see. Oh my gosh, Queen's Queen's Peril. Is that what it's called? It's... Are you talking about that Isn't book that... hasn't even come out yet? Yeah, but it's the next one we're reviewing. Queen's, Queen's Peril comes out in June. Hold on, let me look. Did they re- did they delay it? Queen's Peril is June twentieth. Oh no, no, you're right. No, I sorry, I, I jumped ahead. No, Queen's Peril is not the next one we're reviewing. Uh, Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition is the next one we're reviewing. Yeah, the actual novelization. The novelization, which I know we don't always do novelizations, but I want. Oh, to but do we're this doing one. this one. Yeah, I want to do this one. So I'm going to do this one. Yeah, I'm like the and you said that, and I'm like looking at my advanced proof, going no. That's June twentieth. That's what the book says on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. We are not, we are not gonna do that one until June. But May, we're doing Rise of Skywalker. Yes, we are. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I don't know. Are we done? The end. <laughs> yeah. No, that was. I mean, I think we. It's good. We both liked it. Um, and I'm excited to see more of what Rebecca Roan Horse does. And can I tell a really weird story for a second? I don't always get great sleep right now in quarantine because I'm not super active because I can't go outside and not doing a lot with my brain. And so I had one of those where I fall asleep for a long time in the middle of the day. And sometimes my antidepressant plays with my head. And so I had a really weird dream and Rebecca Roan Horse was in it. <laughs> <laughs> she was in it and there was something to do with like some sort of like crime thing that was happening and like I don't remember all the details but I do remember that she was in it and she was on my team and I was like this is cool and then I woke up and I'm like I don't even know her well like <laughs> that's so weird have you ever met her yet no but I'd love to at some point I'm really, I, I like her, her writing and uh, I think she's doing great things with Star Wars. So that's exciting. Yeah. Interesting. <sighs> I don't know Weird. if I, I'm trying to think if I've ever had a Star Wars author dream, but I can't remember if I have. I don't, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I don't know. You know, well, sometimes the brain does things to you. Yeah. 
That's true. But well, yes, I think everybody should read this. You don't have to read it to understand anything, but I think it's a really good read. Yes. And thanks to everyone that wrote uh, comments, either on Twitter or Facebook. I know we got to read some of your comments, and we really appreciate all of you participating. So if you want to let us know what you thought about Resistance Reborn, you can find us on Twitter. We're at SWBookworms. Or you can email us, StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com, and we'll read your email on the show. You can also find us on Facebook. And we do have a Facebook group. Just type Star Wars Bookworms into your search bar and the page and our group will pop up. If you do join our group and to join our discussions and be able to comment on books that we're reading, like we read some people's today, we do have a few little screener questions just to make sure that you are a real person. And you can also find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. We're on most of the podcatchers. And if you want to, you can also leave us a review. We'd appreciate that. You can find Teresa on Twitter and Instagram at Ice Cold Penguin. You can find and me. TikTok. Oh, TikTok now? No, we're not doing TikTok. Yes, we are. Here. And and TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we'll see how many episodes it takes you to convince me to get on TikTok. And <laughs> and you can find me at Av Goins on Twitter and Instagram, but not on TikTok. Maybe soon though. Yeah. Maybe soon. So until next time. Keep on reading, and may the Force be with you.